Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash But for now, let's get to the episode. Part of the Ham and Egg News series, recorded July 13th, 2022, titled, Why Are More Americans Rejecting God? Featuring Morgan. Welcome to Apologia, and another edition of Ham and Egg News, where we react to Ken Ham reacting to things. Howdy, Paul. I'm here with the July 4th edition of Answers News with the trifecta of power back in power. Ken Ham himself, along with Senor Bodie Hodge and PhD Giggles, the wonderful, the one and only Dr. Georgia Pardon. It's been a long time since the OG trio hosted together. I suspect that Ken may have been too cheap to pay holiday overtime to his hourly employees, so he forced the salaried staff to do it. But it's a great excuse to get the OG Hammondig news duo back together. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Paul and Morgan, back at it. Let's see if we can get some answers here on Answers News. Fewer Americans are believing in God. Why? God sucks. Next question. Hi, and welcome to Answers News for July 4th, 2022. July 4th, that rings a bell. Hi, I'm Ken Ham, CEO <laughs> and founder of Answers Genesis Creation Museum in the Ark Encounter. See, Bodie was good and laughed. Georgia smiled and said, Oh God, Ken Ham forgot what day it was. We're going to start off by talking about what Bodie just said. Survey shows fewer Americans believe in God than ever before. And so this is a Gallup poll that showed that only about 81% of Americans say they believe in God. And that's the lowest amount since 1944. Did she just fucking say only 81%? Imagine like any other study that would say only 81%. Like only 81% of people died on this depression medication. That's it. That's funny. They don't say which God. Right. And, and see, that, that makes you wonder sometimes, because, you know, you could have people saying the Muslim God. Bodie, Allah is your God too, homie. Or, you know, a pagan God of some sort. Or the universe or, or is the universe God. Being God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be careful about some of that as well. It's weird how there's so much ambiguity in who and what and why and where and when God is. It's almost like he's just not around or something. He can't tell us. He works in mysterious ways. But I do know for sure that he's a he. So there's that. And I know we, we, we don't deal with politics much uh, on this program. We, we don't really deal with politics. We try not we, to. Do we want to have a reel from our past Answers News experiences to determine definitively whether or not they don't talk politics much on this program? That would be a wonderful use of some Patreon money, I think. Nazis, Hitler, me, Trump, all in the one article. So we took the state of Kentucky to court. Whoever built this ark that helped Ken Ham build this, I want them to help me build a giant wall. And we need to continue to fight in the in the political realm. Yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to have any any position in right. public life. Yes, they're I, talking about sexuality here right. at the highest, you know, some some of the highest yeah. levels of government. Just because it's 
it's a church doesn't mean they shouldn't get the, the funds well, to do this. We should be praying for President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. The Religious Liberty Tax Task Force that's been started by Trump to try to help Christians, mainly it's Christians, are the ones that are being persecuted. The secularists, the left, uh, people are so worried that maybe someone might perhaps uh, tell them that they're not to murder children in yeah. the mother's wombs. Political liberals, Democrats, those types of people who we would tend to think are turning away from scripture. Yeah, elections we know have consequences and... By the way, there's no such thing as separation of church and state. We would desire you to vote on our behalf against this act because it denies our rights as Christians. And this act is literally an attack on religious freedom in our culture today. Biden said it like he's proud of it. You know that politician from New York, AOC, whatever her name is, she says we're going to destroy the earth in five to ten years if we keep going the way we are? Absolute nonsense. Even if your child doesn't go to the school, you pay taxes. So go and say something and, and stand up and we, we need to be doing that. So Biden, of course, has flip-flopped on his views about a million times. And a court can't create a right that is not the job of a court. You shouldn't have those people on the Supreme Court because they want liberals on the Supreme Court, not conservatives. What's it all about? They want people with a worldview that suits them, not a worldview uh, that would be more of a Christianized morality. Because everybody loves a good montage. Always fade out in a montage. So according to the new poll, 72% of Democrats believe in God compared to 92% of Republicans. But again, we don't know what they mean by God well, anyway. Ken Ham can't take the win, bro. He can't take the 92%. He can't do it. I would say most of them are not, and some right. are along this question. Yeah. There is quite literally no other option. And really, yeah. the, it's the next generation and the next generation. Those are the ones that you're really seeing those significant drops. And I would suggest one of the reasons for why this is the case is a lot of our next generation has not been taught the truth of God and his word. They're not taught the authority of scripture. Yeah, I've got some bad news for you, Bodie. A few days after you recorded, Gallup released their new poll showing that the number of Americans who say that the Bible is the literal word of God has dipped to an all-time low of only 20%. And meanwhile, a new high of 29% say that the Bible is a collection of fables, legends, history, and moral precepts recorded by man. That means that Ken is losing, and I am winning. Despite the built-in birth rate advantage, if this trend continues, perhaps one day I will be out of a job. Instead, they're taught a false religion, a religion that says everything came from nothing, which is Big Bang. You just evolved from an animal. Ultimately, you're just nothing but chemicals. And that affects their worldview. It affects the way they look at God. It affects the way they look at the Bible. I agree. I think that it works both ways. I think that some Christians have a sense of self-importance and self-worth and ideation in their theology that makes it very difficult for them to love, quote-unquote, worldly things. And by that, I mean lack of empathy for other people. More specifically, transgender individuals, gay individuals, LGBTQ+, etc., demographic. Just as much as I agree that in what they're saying means that certain humanistic, atheistic, I don't want to say theology, but ways of thinking. Worldviews? Worldviews, if I must, can lead to a lack, the same lack of empathy and the same categorization of people as other which is just the really interesting paradox that we have as atheists and as creationist Christians. There's not really much of a difference on both ends of those extremes, in my opinion. 
every creationist is bad, every atheist is bad, because they think that we came from nothing. And of course, atheists don't think that we came from nothing. But I sense that's not your point right now. What we should do instead is look at what people do with their lives and how they treat other individuals. It sounds like a trope to espouse the golden rule while also not really giving a shit about certain demographics of people or othering them enough to where you basically are just dehumanizing people, laughing at them, or admitting to yourself and other people that they're lost and that you are the only person in all of your self-important virtue who can save them from a ultimate fiery death pit of bullshit. Those should be the things that kind of trigger you as to whether or not someone is a quote-unquote good person versus whether they simply have a worldview of I was created or I was created, right? We're all just chemicals. Less than 9% of Generation Z and millennials attend church. So we're seeing a complete generational loss. And you know what's interesting? In, in history, did you know Abraham Lincoln, Ronald Reagan, we're all saying it only takes one generation and you see catastrophic change. Yeah. One generation. Well, the end was very, very sudden. He was in intensive care for eight weeks. Yeah, but I mean the very end, when he actually died, that was extremely sudden. Those without college degrees were more likely to believe in God. You know what that really makes sense of? The fact that a lot of these young people go to secular colleges and compromising Christian colleges, but most of them go to secular colleges where they're totally brainwashed. They are. Right. Um, that with a secular humanist worldview, right. and so they walk away totally from, from yep, the yeah. things of God. There's always an excuse. I think they look at it as that they always have an answer, but for me, they always have a fucking excuse. And the excuse is that the people who don't get an education are more likely to believe in God because they haven't been brainwashed. I think that they believe in God because they have been brainwashed. Checkmate Ken Ham, checkmate atheists, checkmate Christians, you're all fucking wrong. But it is funny to me that this is obviously the narrative. There's an excuse for everything. You're brainwashed at a secular college. You're given the right answers at a Christian college. There's no in-between. And obviously, your brain jumps to the logical conclusion of if Christians were so strong in their faith, it would be very difficult to brainwash them in a secular space. I mean, my fundamentalist young earth creation beliefs were strong enough to withstand my secular university years and nearly a decade in San Francisco. They didn't fall apart until after I was back in the safety of Canada's right-wing Bible Belt. I think maybe what's happening is that people are learning that instead of just blindly listening to authority, they can ask questions, not just get answers, I think is the fucking stickler here instead of being told and having an excuse or having an answer your apologia whatever the fuck it is you're being brainwashed because it goes against your worldview and all this other fucking nonsense like i just i don't get it there's not an answer for everything but there sure as hell is a fucking excuse it goes without saying that i expected nothing less from the king ham himself Britt Beamer did a lot of uh, original market research, and I worked with you, actually, to, to do up some books. Not the books! Bodhi was passing these out in the video before I said anything, but he's like, So, anyway, we did a bunch of studies and shit, but here's the fucking books, and he's giving them to Ken. He's giving them to the fucking CEO, bitch. <laughs> like, hey, man, you gotta buy one, because we have a book. Oh, it's so good. Problem is how early they were having their doubts. Yeah, right, and, right. yeah, Middle that, school, grade school, school, school. Yeah. And, and, and even at the end of elementary school, mm -hmm. uh, they were starting to doubt. So yeah. it's unfortunate because 
none of this surprises me and it shouldn't surprise them either. And maybe I don't think that it does. The reason why people tend to doubt things is that there is a lack of tangibility either emotionally, maybe your parents are just shitty teachers and not very good at following through. There's a bunch of different factors that I think go into a lack of belief as children get older. And even when they just become old enough to make their own decisions, like you have five or six year olds saying they don't want to go to church because it's a stuffy bullshit thing that they shouldn't have to fucking do. Unfortunately, America has raised quite a few generations of kids to just do as they're fucking told, whether or not you feel uncomfortable, whether or not you don't want to do it, doesn't matter. You're a minor. I control your life. I control every decision you make. And people wonder why teenagers rebel more, or at least that's what everybody tends to say, is that you're finally getting a taste of some type of freedom in making your own decisions. And this goes for your logical decisions also, in that you're able to question authority, you're able to ask questions that might be a little more hard-hitting. I think there are a lot of creationists who I have spoken to at length that tell me that they do have some doubt in terms of explanation of the fossil record when they learn about taxonomic differences and similarities between Homo sapiens and other hominids, or even transitional fossils and that sort of thing, all of the hotbed topics of evolution. Because evolution is the smoking gun for disbelief in creationism. You can believe in God and do whatever, be a practicing Christian, but you cannot refute the tangibility of evolution when you learn about it. I'm not even going to say learn about it properly, but there is a right and wrong way to do it. Ken Ham and company obviously does in the way that your grandma's not a chimpanzee. Well, you're right, but my great 84,000 million times removed was, or whatever. So... There is a right and a wrong way to think about something, but tangibility is a big thing, I think, for kids who are always naturally skeptical and a lot more intuitive than adults. They want to be shown the proof. And uh, they also worked with Brett Beamer on a book called Already Compromised. They looked at Christian colleges. What do they believe? Do they believe what the Bible actually teaches in Genesis? For example, the, the results are actually shocking. Buy the book and find out, bitch. So, Bodhi, um, if I asked you a question... He would have an answer. An answer from Genesis? Right. Uh, huh? What would you think of this <laughs> How do I question? answer that? <laughs> Here's my question. Okay. Um, are you pregnant? In A, not applicable. <laughs> now, could that be... I, I don't know. Okay, so here's the headline. What? 66-year-old British man turned away from donating blood over refusal to say he isn't pregnant. Leslie Sinclair, a retired driver who has donated 125 pints of blood in the past five decades, was rejected from donating after he informed the Albert Hall's clinic in Stirling, Scotland. And it's funny that the picture of this article, it's a picture of a blood bag and it says whole blood. And whole blood implies the existence of 2% and skim, which is funny, I think. I need another drink. We're only six minutes into this bullshit and I'm not lit enough to make any sense of what I'm seeing or Oh, God. It just gets worse and worse from here on out. So this man has been giving blood for many, many years now, right? Trying to help people out. That's a really good thing to do. And when he went to go get blood this time, they asked if he was pregnant. And he's kind of like, of course, why would I even answer that question, right? I'm a male. But again, because he won't answer it, he can't give blood. Because what they're saying is there are those who are female, who say they're male, and they say they need to know for sure that they're not pregnant, otherwise they can't give blood. Right, they've stopped using the word female in there. Because it doesn't fucking matter, bro. You know what matters? If you're pregnant or not. That's it. That's it. That's it. He'd been giving blood for years, so they knew he was a male. Yeah. Yeah. What? How? 
They don't know that. They don't know shit. And this was a quote, they, they say, for diversity, equity, and inclusivity. Did they include him or not? Well, and mm. stupidity. I don't care how you identify or whatever your circumstance is. If you can't just say you're not pregnant, you're an idiot. And that is stupidity, regardless of how you feel and how you think. I'll never understand why certain individuals have a complex over shit like this. If it really doesn't matter to you, you would just answer the fucking question and move the fuck on. But instead, we have to care and give a shit because we're nosy and obnoxious and have to feel as though there's something we need to prove with every interaction that we make with another human being. Like, for God's sake, just answer the fucking question. And then a lot of the politicians jumped on board and said how, you know, you can't define what a woman is. Suddenly, when Roe versus Wade gets overturned, we hear all these liberal politicians talking about women. Remember, everyone, Answers News avoids politics. It's so bizarre to me because, again, this just goes back into this argument of it doesn't really fucking matter. You just call someone by how they want to be called and you define someone as how they want to be defined. That is it. That is all. There is nothing else that's what's amazed me honestly with the whole Ruby the, the inconsistencies thing. yeah 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 they're not saying pregnant people i don't ask questions about how or why someone looks a certain way or acts a certain way or likes the things that they do and that's where it stops for me because it does not matter to me in the truest sense of the phrase it doesn't matter apparently matters a whole fucking lot to answers in genesis who just can't seem to get over the fact that certain people want to be designated as certain people and how they want to be defined as who they are as an individual. When we go to the doctor, they're going to have a form that's going to say, are you pregnant? If you don't answer it, they, they won't treat but you. Speaking of out of touch and caring about shit that doesn't matter, if I go into a Planned Parenthood, God forbid, to get my birth control every three months and I don't answer whether or not I'm pregnant, guess what? I don't get fucking treated. They will not treat me because that is an answer on the questionnaire that they give you. Or they give you a pregnancy test to ensure that you're not pregnant. It's very strange how medical professionals do these things in order to ensure the safety of unborn children and the mother, potentially. You have to answer these questions. At Planned Parenthood, that I've been to many times, years and years ago when I first started taking my birth control, there was a gentleman in the Planned Parenthood with me who was taking that questionnaire and commented on the fact that he had to answer about whether or not he was pregnant, if it applied to him. And of course, we laughed about it. And guess what? He said no, or not applicable. And that was the end of the fucking story. This did not cause a rift in the political life of this person, or myself, or the world at large. At one point during my cancer treatments, there was a suspicion that the sarcoma had hit my chest. And the best way for me to tell was to get a mammogram. I was the first male that some in the department had ever treated, and the form I had to fill out was full of questions that didn't really apply. But when it asked when I'd last had my period, I just wrote down that I hadn't yet had my first. No problem. And I think this is the first time I'm relaying that story, because I literally had never thought about it since. It's just so fucking bizarre. This shows they're more about virtue signaling than they are about caring about people. Because these people are not getting blood now because they won't let these people donate because they won't answer their stupid question. If the question is so fucking stupid, just fucking answer it. For God's sake, how stupid does a question have to be for you to get over your complex? Dude, I am, I am miffed. Is that the word? I'm miffed? 
not even 10 minutes into this and I'm ready to fucking throw shit at the wall. Again, it just blows your mind. Well, I mean, if they can't I like define, your adjective like there, stupid question. Is it a stupid question? It's a stupid question to give to a man, stupid question to give to a woman. Where does the buck stop? I'm a woman who's been on birth control for a number of years. It is very difficult for me to become pregnant, but not impossible. If I get a sheet that asks me whether or not I'm pregnant, I'm going to just answer it because that's what we're looking for here, ladies and gentlemen. Answers. News for answers to the news of me or you or anyone else being pregnant or not. Shit's whack, bro. If they can't define male, female, <laughs> how, how do you even know what pregnant means then? I mean, why not redefine that? I don't have all the men say, sure. I don't know what that means. I mean, I like ice cream. Maybe that's the way they define it. I don't understand it. What kind of slippery slope fallacy is this, Bodie? What kind of fallacy is Bodie committing here now, kids? Let me know in the comments below because it just gets so ridiculous sometimes. Are you pregnant? Yeah, I like ice cream. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's all meaningless. Words become useless. Yeah. Won't somebody please think of the words? Words definitively become useless when all you do is argue semantics and never actually get to the crux of the problem, which is just answer this fucking question, idiot. Okay. <laughs> is anyone surprised that this new study shows easier access to trans drugs for kids raises suicide risk? So a study was done by the Heritage Foundation, which is a conservative think tank. So watch out, y'all, for some bias, maybe. And they found that um, the suicide rate among those um, children ages 12 and then to 23, so including some young adults, has become significantly higher in states that have a provision that allows minors basically to receive routine health care without parental consent. If we're talking about higher suicide rates in trans youth in states where accessibility to hormones or puberty blockers, that sort of thing, is easier than in other states, I am curious as to what the correlation is for that. I've reiterated this in past videos about LGBT plus individuals regarding higher suicide rates being, unfortunately, of course, the norm for a lot of youth who don't have support from family members or friends or their community at large for being who they are. And they are forced into this role that they have to play and it becomes overwhelming. When you're not able to be yourself and be who you are, you turn to a much darker side of humanity that tends to not be beneficial to yourself or anyone else, unfortunately. And I'll never really understand this propensity for Christians to be like, yeah, they kill themselves at a lot higher rate because they're just confused and conflicted and we need to bring them to the truth. And I think it's more that you other them, you exclude them, you tell them that they're going to burn in a fiery hellfire for eternity when they die. If they don't stop fantasizing about people with the same gender or identifying as a certain gender or liking certain things, the list goes on. If it's just generally, if you don't conform, you're fucking strung up on the cross and crucified, but not exalted. You're burning in hell forever. And so it's no wonder, right? that there's a correlation between transgender youth, LGBT plus youth, having higher suicide incidence rates. I don't like being right about this. It's unfortunate. It's beyond that. It's depressing. It's debilitating that we have this group of people who are so unempathetic to other individuals that they don't see any harm in going up to somebody and saying, yeah, you're going to burn in hellfire. It sounds like a trope at this point, but it's really true. When your religion starts going around and telling people that they're lost for identifying and believing in who they are and themselves and that they need to be reformed 
it causes a lot of undue pain and a lot of undue stress and a lot of uncertainty. It grinds my fucking gears. I've read some horrible things recently about some of these people at young age were forced, in a sense, they, they were, were told they needed to change their gender. Uh, and, and then they, they realized catastrophic, how, how catastrophic it was for them and their bodies. Yeah. And then you see the, the suicide rates go up. This is just so disgusting to me. For fuck's sake, Ken, I can't fucking, I can't do it. I get upset and then I also try to formulate some sort of opinion that I have regarding the matter, but it really does just come down to the fact that these people don't care about you. If I can just come out and say it to our audience here, if you're a member of this LGBT demographic, etc., you are othered by these people. You are not human to them, in a sense, because... How do you feel about yourself and what you like, what you do, how you look, what you wear? All these things matter in getting to this afterlife promised land that no one knows is true or not. But it's so fucking important here in the tangible world to believe in the intangibility of another world and to put yourself as a round peg into the square hole, as it were. It's so fucking important for reasons unknown, evidently outside of the fact that you just won't burn in hellfire eternally. It's not an answer to anything. It's an excuse to be a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah it's part of the war on children. So let me know in the comments below what the war on children is, because to me, if I had to guess, just like how it is with education, the war on children is exposure to viewpoints outside of your own, outside of what you have been indoctrinated with or trained or upheld in as you've grown up. If you're not able to look at other people's arguments, read the books, the magazines, the articles, the videos, the tweets, the Facebook pages, and these are just people that you block out of habit, you're a fucking fool. I'm sorry. I was just talking to my partner about this the other day and that he wonders why I read about all of this stuff. What's the point of all of this? And for me, it's a keep your friends close, enemies closer thing. I try to indoctrinate myself in the Fox News mentality, in the Answers and Genesis mentality, the creationist mentality, and I devour that shit. I have a subscription to New America magazine. It just is infuriating to me because there is nothing of value gained in turning off the spigot of information. And I realize this is a slippery slope into a lot of First Amendment rights and what you're able to say and whether you're able to say untrue things. And I'm not going to comment on that right this second, but is that what the war on children is? As well as the war on women. Really, it really is. What is the war on women? I don't know what the conservative view of what the war on women is, other than women want to work and contribute to the household outside of just making dinner and being pregnant all the time. I don't know. And, and that obviously is a, a drain on traditional masculinity because men can't be men without women being barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, I guess. I don't know if that's what the war on women is. I'm assuming that AIG thinks that the war on women is allowing trans women to use the appropriate bathroom or to compete in sports. Again, let me know in the comments if you have the agenda sheet and the memo, the PDF that you can send me, whatever it may be. I'm very active on Twitter. Because exactly. you'll hear people like our own government and government leaders talking about gender-affirming health care. We're not political. And, you know, are, are we to just expect the kids to be experts in this, to know to make the right decision? Yes. Maybe this will get me canceled, but I want to say yes. For the anecdotal reason, I'm not an expert again. Kids are a lot more intuitive than we are. Giving your kids exposure to a bunch of different things, different people groups, different demographics of people is incredibly freeing for kids. Your kid doesn't grow up to be a fucking bully if 
They get to see people having different experiences or people who don't look like them, act like them, like the things that they do. Kids are obviously very malleable, just as adults are, to wanting to fit into a certain tribe. And if there's only similarity in that tribe, they're going to become very wary and very distrustful of people outside of their immediate demographic, which, spoiler alert, is a bad thing. Again, it's just that whole virtue signaling. That's what they care more about than they care. They don't care about these children. Virtue signaling is the pejorative term for the expression of a moral viewpoint with the intent of communicating good character. That's what Wikipedia says. Oxford Languages says the action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one good character or the moral correctness of one's position on a particular issue. And I think there's an argument to be made that this Answers News program and Ken Ham's Twitter account and entire social media presence is nothing but virtue signaling. I think they regularly, deliberately pander to Christian nationalist themes that have nothing to do with AIG's core mission of Young Earth creationism in order to secure the goodwill of their most loyal customers. I don't think Ken actually cares about gun control or climate change or abortion or the other social issues nearly as much as he posts about them. I think it's marketing. And I'm not getting into the debate on guns or anything like that, but, you know, they're, they're wanting to make these laws that you have to be a certain age to be able to buy a gun. Yeah. And yet, they tell little children that you can, you can change your gender by some horrible mutilation and right. other things that they do. Come on, Ken. Remember, this show isn't political. And even Bodie should be pointing out this equivalency fallacy just doesn't make sense. Yeah, a kid can't buy a fucking gun. But it, certain 18-year-olds can. I remember when I was 18, I was a fucking idiot. Again, anecdotal experience. But if you want to look at psychology and the way that your brain develops and the choices that you make and your inhibitions, yeah, it's probably a bad fucking idea talking about guns. Sorry. Okay. Martian meteorite upsets planet formation theory. Okay, so this is our weekly weekly installment of, oh, look, it's changed again. And my other weekly installment of, oh, God, science changes in order to determine what's correct and not just what's law of the land and consensus and yada, shut the fuck up, bitch. You gotta understand, in the secular worldview, they just come up with a story for where planets came from. It's, it's almost like Greek mythology or, or Roman mythology. Okay, I'm sorry, that was ridiculous. But let's talk about the story about where planets came from in the Bible. And then there was a planet. That's it. That's literally what it says in the Bible, dude. God was like, here's the planets. And then here's light or whatever the fuck. I don't know what order it is. It doesn't matter. It's the same fucking recipe. <laughs> Oh, God. And see, the difference is that the story of science is so much more boring than the story in the Bible. So it's just, oh, God, what a mess. All right, I'm good. I'm good. They're just saying, well, it's the opposite of what we thought. So obviously we just need to investigate this more. Yes, that's correct. PhD giggles. That is correct. I know she's a fucking plant. She's on our side, y'all. She fucking knows better. One of the gases that, they, that they're trying to study here and search for is Krypton. I thought, oh, okay. Now you're starting to get to the fiction I'm, I'm familiar with. You know, this is a gas. Now, if it was a solid, would it be kryptonite? It's a gas now. The element krypton was discovered in 1898 by Sir William Ramsey and Morris Travers. Its name comes from the Greek word kryptos, which means hidden. Perhaps a Bible ministry, like Answers in Genesis, should think of that first, as the word appears in all the Gospels and several letters of Paul. The fictional planet was first mentioned some 40 years later, in Action Comics number 1 in 1938. And according to the creators Siegel and Schuster, the planet was named after the chemical element. But there are plenty of examples of scientists naming their discoveries after pop culture. 
Dazul Kuravastator, Targaryen Draco Wyden Rothi, Cthulhu Macrofasiculumc, Trigonopterus Chewbacca, and even the Midichloria Mitochondri. I need a Midichlorian count. And deities that Ken doesn't believe in, like Zeus, Poseidon, Hades, and Aphrodite, have their names applied to science too. So don't get too excited when scientists also come up with names like Chromosomal Atom and Mitochondrial Eve. It's all just pulling from stories. I know, I read that and I thought thought of Superman. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. All right. Ken Ham has an announcement to make, and I bet it's that he's not pregnant. Fingers crossed. Dr. Georgia Purdom is a scientist, PhD scientist. You know what they're like. They tend to be boring and not very exciting. I don't know what doctors and PhD scientists you're listening to, but they're all fucking rad, and I love it. Even PhD giggles right here. She's just... 11 out of 10, because again, she's the Mancuri candidate here. But I'm going to tell you, she's going to get excited. I'm geeking out over this article. Oh, all right, geeking Science. out. Let's fucking go. Every one of you is okay. going to geek out over it. Once you hear all this stuff about stuff you don't understand, you're going to get know. excited. No, yep. I'll explain it. All right, most silent genetic mutations are harmful, not neutral, a finding with broad implications. Okay, there's two basic categories of mutations. So it's what we call synonymous mutations and non-synonymous mutations. Okay, so synonymous, just like it sounds, if you get that change, that mutation in the DNA, it still codes for the same amino acid, which are the building blocks of your protein. So it still codes for the same amino acid. Non-synonymous means it doesn't code for the same amino acid. So everyone always thought that if it's a non-synonymous, non-synonymous mutation, that's where you're going to run into trouble because you're going to change the amino acid, you're going to change the protein, and that's going to lead to deleterious effects, right? But if it's the same, you'll be fine. She's just going all out, man. I love it. I need to make some popcorn up in this bitch. Now, I, for one, never believe that because when we look at DNA, there's literally layer upon layer upon layer of information. In other words, these, these parts of DNA aren't just coding for the protein. They're doing a lot of other things too. So you can't just go messing around with it and expect everything to be okay. And that's exactly what they found in this particular study. Mm-hmm. So they're not the, just neutral. I missed the bit after genetic. <laughs> Another wonderful comedic response from Ken Ham. For someone desperate to hire PhDs to bolster his legitimacy, Ken Hampshire spends a lot of his effort promoting anti-intellectualism and undermining education, even on his own team. But doesn't evolution sort of require all these mutations? Correct. And if they're all harmful, how could life ever advance and evolve? Imagine oversimplifying something without knowing that you're oversimplifying something. Like, again, this isn't my job. My job is to be the insufferable Californian who says fuck a lot, and that's already becoming more difficult because... I think that the way that I approach these now, it's just a lot more serious these days because there's a lot more people who subscribe to this kind of bullshit. Wait, subscribe to AIG or subscribe to Apologia? Let's just move on. So fancy word, translational pausing codons, okay? So where it has to be a certain codon because as that protein's being formed, it needs to actually pause so it can fold correctly here before it goes on. So so you can't... So yeah, it matters what, what that codon is, yeah. what that code is. So... I love this. This just shows more design, more complexity mm-hmm. beyond what we could, beyond, again, evolution's ability to make. How? If anything, to me, as a non-geneticist, it affirms it. I think that there's this very big push, there always has been, in PhD giggles is mantra that genetics are super complex, very hard to understand, all mutations are bad, all mutations have an effect down the line and immediately. And unfortunately... 
for me, the layman, understanding genetics on a very base level. I used to be a lot more into it than I currently am. I don't really understand this argument because just on a very base statistical level, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Right. Genetic mutations can have a negative effect on an organism's survivability, a positive effect on an organism's survivability, or a neutral effect on the organism's survivability. This research is indicating that synonymous mutations are less neutral than previously assumed. Georgia points out that that means more are negative. But it also means that more are positive, and a higher rate of potentially positive mutations actually bolsters the evolutionary narrative. It doesn't hinder it. Maybe that's why Ken is being so flippant about it. He doesn't want his audience to actually think it through for more than a few seconds. So this study about genetic mutations mm -hmm. shows that evolution really can't be true. Well, right. yeah, it, it, well, yes. Why didn't you say that? <laughs> well, because I'm trying to explain why. Because she's a fucking plant, Ken. She's on our side. All right, I don't want people to just... Uh, Can you tell she's right. a geneticist and get all excited well, about this stuff? This Can stuff. you tell? It's cool, though, right? I mean, yeah. it just... I didn't know you used yeah. the word cool. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Only young people use so, the word cool. What are you talking about? This car is cooler than Guy Lombardo. Well, yeah, this is what we expected. This is like right. a confirmation like, of yeah, what we've been course. teaching for a long time. And the new answers book, volume two... Not the fucking book! Bodie, come on, get the goddamn book. He pulls this shit out of his ass. I don't know where he gets it. I don't know whether I want to even show this next one. Okay, yeah, you got to. Ready? Uh, hey, women, a new woke term for you just dropped. All right, so as we said, as we've been saying, it's really a war on women and even the war on the term woman. And so now, instead of using the term woman or mother, you can see there a list of some of the terms that have been used to supplant um, that word woman. I'm going to go out of a limb here and say that all of these things define a woman. And also men can now get pregnant. That is also true. Maybe that will get me in a lot of trouble with the conservative woke police, but you're just as fucking obnoxious as we are, I promise. You're an idiot. Long story short, all these terms can be true. <sighs> Chest feeder? Really? Did you hear the motherfucker who just laughed in the background for that? Oh my god. This is the same guy who probably beats his wife in a fucking tank top every night with Bud Lights coming out of his fucking ears. Allegedly. All right. Researchers discover most dinosaurs were warm-blooded. Okay. So they came up with a way, supposedly, to be able to somehow measure what, how these um, dinosaurs were breathing in the last hour of their life. And they can see the chemical results of that in their bones. And so that helps them determine whether they were cold-blooded or warm-blooded. Yes. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we expect to see changes. We expect to right. see differences anyway, even if they were able to detect Although that if they were cold-blooded and they were trying to evolve into a bird, by flapping, they would probably warm themselves <laughs> up a bit. <laughs> that is the extent of Ken's scientific knowledge there. So, I, Again, but this stuff is... You young people don't know what I'm talking about. But you, <laughs> there are young people in that audience. God help me. They think the possibility of it's, it... They it, don't really uh, know. I mean, it's good that they're trying to figure these mm -hmm. things out. I'm not arguing we shouldn't try to figure out whether dinosaurs were warm or cold. That's a good thing. That's yes. a good scientific research thing. But again, it's that worldview that they're imposing on it to make it basically do what they want it to do. God, she's so good at this. I want to know who is funding PhD giggles. I swear to God, this Mercury candidate shit, like, I want to just talk to her about how much she knows because she is always the smartest motherfucker up on this fucking podium every goddamn time. Did okay. you know at the Creation Museum in the Ark Encounter, we have a bouncer pass. We, do. we have a three-day bouncer yeah. pass and an annual bouncer pass. Wait, what the fuck? Wait, hold on. Are we already in ad mode right now? Did we just switch from dinosaurs are warm-blooded to cold-blooded to fucking... What the fuck is a bouncer pass? Does it get me past the bouncers? 
because I had to run from security the last time I went to the Creation Museum. Run. Where? My name might be on the list. Do you know why we, where we got the word bouncer from? The kangaroo. The surety in George's voice. The kangaroo. And you know why we did that? Why? She's so done. I love it. Because I'm Australian. Well, okay. And kangaroos live in Australia. And we have kangaroos. <laughs> kangaroos live in Australia. And just like you over here had a TV program called Bambi, right? Bambi was a movie. He's thinking of Lassie. Yeah. And, and you people eat Bambi. Okay. Yeah. In Australia, we had a TV program called Skippy. Skippy. Oh, that was a little okay. kangaroo. That's why I could never and eat. And did you eat the kangaroo? No, you can't too. eat Skippy. <laughs> Uh, so Australia that eat a kangaroo. Are kangaroos warm-blooded? Let me know in the comments. People are finding they need to spend two days at the Creation Museum oh, yeah, with all the teaching that we have here. And we've got other things being added. And we're adding more things at the Ark. And they're going to spend a, a couple of days there as well. And all the programming we have. All the programming. All the $70 parking or whatever the fuck it is. I still need to make it to the Creation Museum. When my partner and I were driving through there for our COVID road trip, a couple years ago, two years ago, what is time? We drove through Kentucky past the hell is real sign. And I saw some Ark Encounter signs. And I just remember thinking, God, I would give my left nut, my non-existent left nut to go to the Creation Museum right now. But anyway, a bouncer, there's a three-day bouncer pass. It gives you unlimited visits to the Ark, the Creation Museum over three days during a seven-day period. But only if you're cold-blooded. So we always have a lot going on here throughout the year. Y'all always need money, too while all right so we're out of time for today so we'll see you back later all right god bless you guys hey all right so we're just okay yeah we just stopped talking about dinosaurs ah we just went right into the ad after talking about dinosaurs which is more or less what i expected but that was fun i'm glad i got to see them all together again i think that the camaraderie between phd giggles ken ham and bodie hodge is just unfucking beatable and we have no parallel in the atheist YouTube cartoon bullshit community. And it's just really unfortunate. Super happy to see everybody together again. I don't know who the rest of these people are who uh, have been doing Answers News. It's actually harder for me to watch it without the Triforce of Power between Ken, Georgia, and Bodies. Just a fitting return to form, as it were. So I'm Morgan Sanchez. I'm not qualified to talk about any of the things that I talked about today. So please take them with a grain of salt. It's all in good fun. As somebody who grew up with a very Catholicism light view of religion, becoming atheist was very easy for me. The reason why I believe the way that I do is because of Ken Ham. It is because of the Ken Ham Bill Nye debate that I finally started learning about the ins and outs of evolution specifically, because that tends to be the crux of a lot of the arguments that people who take the Bible literally espouse. I realized that I did not know how evolution worked outside of dissent. And I needed to be able to do it in a way that I could explain to people who didn't understand the vocabulary and the terms that were used in the colloquial general consensus of how people believe about it. Anyway, you can follow me on at Indigo Gentleman on Twitter, as long as you're not super creepy and weird. If you like cars, video games, Magic the Gathering, beer, food, technology, I can talk about pretty much everything. But if I see that you're obnoxious or you try to flirt with me or send me pictures of your penis... I'm getting to the point now where I will just out you on the internet and then block you. And then, of course, give Paul money. He's wonderful. He gives me a platform for my inseparable Californian hot takes on atheistic bullshit. I appreciate you. I love you all. And we'll see you next time. Later. Later.